This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, hello there, dear listener, and welcome back to, or as Dan pointed out last week, maybe welcome for the first time to our humble little Behold podcast. This is Sean and the one and only Dan Gillette, as usual. That's right. And today we're in the presence of greatness in some ways. (laughs) For sure. For sure, in many ways. Uh, Welcome, Mr. Randy White. Good to be with you guys. Oh, hey, don't forget to get right in that mic. People, want, people okay. need to hear that sultry hey, elder say, voice. Say that again. I needed that. I missed that Randy voice impact. Good to be with you, Randy. Good to be with you guys. There, oh, yeah. it, there, is. there it is. Randy, how are you feeling? Good. Life life treating you good? Yes. With the God even better. That's good. Yep. Good. How's, uh, how's the uh, the grandparent life treating you? Busy. Um, but we'd love it to be able to see them more often. It's just uh, life at the moment has been a little bit challenging, but... God willing, in about nine months or just a little bit less, I'll be retiring. Wow. And then I'll uh, have some more time to be with them, be with you folks at BBC, and just look forward to some more time with people I love. So <laughs> granted, this <laughs> Not is- Not that you don't love the people at the, in the fine city of Hayward. That's right. Yeah, at the fi- you love Do, those I people. I love them. Don't yeah. forget, this is recorded. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I now have it on, on recording. It's live on the air, Randy. Yes. That you said- when you retire, you will be here with us. I will. So there's no move in to wherever you think you're going to move to, like all the other retiring people. You're stuck with us. Yes. <laughs> what is this foreboding well, silence? Yeah, that, that was, was a little as, re- not reassuring there. You know, but. You just, as James talks about, we just we just take one day, you know. Um, That's good. One day. So we'll, uh, yeah. well, we'll take today. We're grateful that you're here with us today. Good to be with you guys. Randy. Yeah. Well, hey, we're in uh, our, our series, Resurrection Life, on Sundays, which we've been just really digging into and just it's so useful and fruitful, you know, hearing these ways that that our resurrection life, this new covenant, uh, should impact our lives, what we do with our time, the attitudes we have in conversations, the boldness we can have um, out in the world. And this is a fun section we're talking about today because in, in a lot of ways, uh, this is why this podcast exists. You know, we'll get to that a, a little bit later. But I think first and foremost, Dan, you want to talk about uh, something that Nate started with on Sunday, which is the, the idea of, of boldness, right? Yeah, yeah. So on Sunday, we were in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 18. And verse 12 just talks about this, this uh, idea of being bold, right? Um, Paul says, we, we are very bold. And Nate did a great job of explaining what that means. And he asked us to kind of think through what are some topics, issues, hobbies, whatever you have going on that at the drop of a hat, unrehearsed, without any kind of prep or prompting, you can just, you can just talk forever about X, Y, or Z. He said, that's the basic concept of being very bold. It's like, I have this, um, this wealth a well really to draw from about, um, this new covenant and, and this gospel life. And, and so it was really interesting just to, just to kind of think, I thought it'd be kind of a fun way for us to start the podcast. Let's just go around and share what's something that, you know, just you have going on in your life that you can at the drop of a hat, just talk someone's ear off about Randy, you start off. 
Well, to be honest, when I heard this, uh, very bold, it reminded me that when Cindy and I lived in Ireland, which was for about a total of 11 years, when our kids were misbehaving, we would say, you're being very bold. Oh, that's bold. It's bold. Yeah, it's so yeah. that, it had a negative connotation. It, it did. So that yeah. word bold was like, you're being um, cheeky or yeah, yeah, uh, you're yeah. being disobedient. So <laughs> stop being bold would be something we would say to our kids. So that was actually thought, thought, and this pea brain of mine that's funny. immediately came to my mind when I read these words from uh, Paul again that Nate was sharing with us on Sunday. So, so you had to do a little deprogramming I a little did. bit. Yeah. I, I did, and I had to think <laughs> of, of just how we used it and how Paul's using it. And um, I liked what, what Nate was sharing about the things that you know we can be bold about and that he's bold about, for example, talking about the Trinity. I remember him mentioning that. And so for me, um, that subject would be like Dan mentioned just a minute ago, uh, I think off, off mic weather. Yes. Uh, people at, and who know me know that I'm going to speak about the weather when I can. Matter yeah. of fact, overnight I asked uh, one of the dispatchers I was working with, if you had a, uh, a blind date and all of a sudden... <laughs> Uh, the guy said to you, so what'd you think about this beautiful day yesterday? You know, it was 85 degrees here in Pleasanton. Right. And she gave a brief answer, but then all of a sudden he went into a 15 minute discourse about why it was so hot yesterday. <laughs> I said, what would you do? And the dispatcher said to me, she said, I'd get up and excuse myself and go, you'd go to the restroom and probably not come back. <laughs> it's I, a little bit of a snooze. It, it is a little bit weird to, to me and maybe to others why, why you like the weather so much. Well, God talks a lot about it. So that's, I'm on a good standing there. Okay, fair <laughs> There's enough. There's so much reference to weather, but just, yeah, things like weather, things like sports, Current events; those are the things that I love talking about. Yeah. Um, and so, talk love talking about my wife, my kids, grandkids, but just the things that you just feel free to share and the things that you're passionate. Yeah, about that's good. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think this is probably not a good thing, but I think there's a lot of things that I feel this way about, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> probably speaks to my pride issues, but. Uh, no, I mean, I, I love like learning everything I can possibly learn about something when I get into it. Patty calls it obsessive. That's her description of it. But yeah, just so if I'm going to take the time to get into something, I want to get like really into it, you know? So there's all kinds of things. If I've gone through that process with a certain thing, I just love being passionate about it. Music, obviously, and all the different activities I like doing, like woodworking or biking or, or whatever the heck. But I think one thing that comes to mind, this is so random, but um, I... For years, I worked in semiconductor before I you know, started working here at the church. And there's just something about that role and everything I did in that role and the knowledge I gained over the years in that role. Whenever that kind of stuff comes up, my brain, like, it flips a switch. I just go into this mode. Like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Now I'm in engineering mode. I'm talking about <laughs> semiconductor wafers, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it's weird. And people who are my friends are like, well, Patty, like, they, they see this and they know, like, oh, that's like that mode of speaking, you know? But it just comes from this kind of like, this wealth of time invested in it, you know, and, um, absolutely there's passion involved, but yeah, just the knowledge of having just been so like hand in hand and tangibly working with it and mm. then dealing with it, which I think reflects, you know, what we're talking about with boldness with Christ. But anyways, yeah, actually one time you were with me, we we're on, oh, on dude, a field it was, trip. It was it, a different Sean. It was a, it was a weird, he like, he clicked into a different mode. This is a funny story. Yeah. We were on our way to a guitar store in Palo Alto to get a, a guitar repaired. 
And as we were about to leave, I get a call from a, um, a customer from when I was consulting with them still. Like, hey, you got an issue? You need to come to the fab right now. I was like, I can't do that. But I was with Dan. I was like, hey, you want to come with me? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he comes with me, get, you know, in you the clean room, clean room and you the bunny get the suits and everything. Suit on and yeah. everything. It was, it was, it was funny. Well, it's it was funny. True. I don't know if you remember this, but that was like basically a week before the pandemic. That's true. Because the wow. guitar that you left down at that guitar it shop, stuck. it got stuck because of the lockdown. And we, it was months until you got it back. But anyway, but yeah, I think I, I'm like you too, Sean. I, I just get way into stuff, you know, whether it's like pickleball or I love talking about music. I love talking about worship and, it, you know, being expressive in worship. But the thing that came to, to my mind is, is what a lot of you guys know about the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I could tell you about the history. I could tell you about, you know, the, the players, the stats, you know, um, when they won Super Bowls, when they won MVPs, like all this stuff. And I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of two thoughts off of these things. Like, um, the, what is the reason why we're able to just like, spout off this stuff so passionately without any notes, without any kind of, you know, we can really like almost go into like, let me tell you why this is so amazing is because we have something we're drawing from right in verse 12. He says, since we have a hope, we are very bold. So it's not a boldness that is drummed up. It's not a boldness that comes from nothing. It's, it's a boldness that is like anchored in a solid reality that, that, Paul and his missionary crew had been anchored in and, and invested in. And so I just think, man, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to this new covenant life we're living, when it comes to this resurrection life, man, are we, are we as, am I as anchored in that as I am in, you know, the history of the Green Bay Packers, right? And then the second thought is, uh, God has wired us certain way, certain ways to, to be, to, to, to get into stuff, like to have in different interests and passions and things we're, we're drawn to. And so how can we leverage that in relationships to bring people to what's at, what we're actually bold about, if that makes sense? Yeah, that, that, that's so good. And I like how you said that, that's just how we're wired. And especially when it comes to things that we have experience with, you know, things we've been through, you know, you could probably talk for ways and about things that we can never even think about when it comes to the nuances of police dispatching, you know, and, and like, so with anyone's career or whatever it is, it's just, there's something about being in it and experiencing it that you really can talk about a lot. And actually this reminds me of in acts when I think in acts four, when Peter and John are standing before the council and, you know, they're trying to silence them. Like, what can we do to make these guys shut up mm-hmm. about the gospel? You know? Yeah. And what they say is, man, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. That's so good. And I think it's the same with us. Like we've seen and heard and encountered the living God. How can we not speak about that? You know? Yeah. And then actually, which is really fitting, they leave the council and they go with their, their believers and they pray for continued boldness. Yeah. Oh, I love hell. that. That's right. That's cool. That's really good. So, so yeah, I think it's a great place to kind of start our conversation today. Just, just that idea of, of since we have this hope, we, we are very bold and and then he kind of goes in he, he kind of goes into the whole basically juxtaposition between the glory that Moses experienced and the glory that we now experience in the new covenant. So um yeah, what, what do you what was uh what was kind of significant as you were listening to that Randy? Well, I was just thinking about that the gospel is not fading mm. like the glory and of of what took place in the Old Testament and that it that's where this absolute conviction 
we have with our gospel that is never dimming because it's it's truth and it's plain and clear and open for everyone to see. And the things that are addressed in the gospel, such as how to have everlasting life, how to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, how to experience um, just how to live here on earth. All of those things are revealed in the gospel, in, in the life of Jesus and this life that we possess. And so you, you could understand why, why Paul had this boldness because he was absolutely convinced of the truth of the gospel. And so there's no secrets. Um, there's nothing hidden. That's so it's good. very clear for us to see. And I remember when uh, I've had conversations with uh, people and whether when we lived in Ireland or who were in a religious institution of, and they, they felt like there were certain mysteries that they, they were never told, but yet they actually weren't in these examples mysteries because it was simply how to know God. Hmm. And they weren't clear because they were under an understanding that like what Paul was talking about, that they had to follow certain rules and and regulations and practices. And even if they did that, they still weren't sure of what would be their outcome of their eternal destiny. Hmm. And so when they then saw the the light that was revealed in the in the gospel, it was like their eyes and ears and hearts and minds were wide open. That's so good. And it was, it was so powerful. And, and it was, and so they could now therefore be like that person who would want to tell anyone and hmm. everyone the good news of Jesus. And so that's where this boldness came from, from yeah. the spirit of God inside them now dwelling. I love that. It's just the idea of like, um, I think this is a phrase we use a lot. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, like, like you, I don't know, this is maybe a silly example, but you, you know, for you culinary people out there, you get like a good cast iron skillet and it's like great when you first get it, but the more you cook stuff on it, it just keeps getting better and keeps getting better and keeps getting better. And, and that's, that's like this new covenant life. And I love how Nate said, you know, don't get it confused. The old covenant had some glory, yes. right? It was necessary. It was that he talked about it as being this stop gap, you know, it served a purpose. It, it did have some glory, but, but it, it, it was a fading away glory. And, and there was a, we talked about you know, last week that it was a, it was a ministry of death, you know, um, because ultimately that's what it revealed. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love that idea of like, man, we're, we're in this new covenant and it just keeps getting better and better and better. So yeah. Why wouldn't we want to share that with people? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of that is, you know, in verse um, 15 and 16, that it stems from Christ. Like you said, man, this, this comes from Jesus. And it says like when, you, when you know, with Moses, yeah, there, there was a veil. But when we turn to Jesus, the veil is removed. And so, yeah, there's the element of in the, the life and ministry and relationship now with Jesus, we see God's full glory. We experience mm. God's full glory. And it's that process, I think, of... Um, experiencing God's glory in the life of Jesus for us now, which gives us that boldness, you know, that we, we, that's that, that seeing and feeling and seeing and hearing. Um, that's how we do it is yeah. by participating in and turning to Jesus now um, and seeing God's glory. That's so good. And another thing that I was thinking about, and I'm curious what you, what your guys' thoughts are is like Nate talked about how the, the Israelites who, who basically had the prophecies, right? They, they, they had been hearing their whole life 
the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Well, but then when the Messiah actually does come, their 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 minds were hardened. Mm-hmm. You know, in verse fourteen, and and um, I love how Nate talked about that's kind of the idea of like a fossilized, hardened mind. It's it's immovable. It's not dynamic and and growth oriented. And so he gave this analogy. What do you guys think about this analogy of the party invitation? He, you know, he said the Israelites had received the invitation to the party, but they were so fixed on the invitation, the details of it. They had their head down, the, you know, their, the, the, their mind's eye was so focused that when the Messiah when actually came, when the party actually was happening, they missed the whole thing. I mean, what do you guys think about that? And how does that kind of relate to maybe some, the people in our lives that, that maybe haven't woken up to the gospel yet. Mm. No, it's, it's so good. And it's like a, it's a scary thing to think about, you know, that we could be missing, even though we're not going to miss, you know, salvation. We put our trust in Jesus. We could be missing elements of what God is doing in our lives Mm. with that kind of attitude, you know, what God's doing in our relationships with people, what God's doing in, you know, our ministries or the impact we're having in our workplaces or, or whatever it is. You know, I think that, Something we deal with for sure. Um, yeah, it, it makes me think about, you know, because there's that weird balance, right? It's it's on one hand, which talked a little bit about this earlier. On one hand, it's like, yeah, you, there's an element where if we are too hardened of heart, then we are we are unreceptive or naive to ways God could be moving, you know. But then on the flip side of that, sometimes we get so hungry for God's movement and so hungry for the Holy Spirit to show up and do something that, that in the same way, we're like glossing over things that God is already doing in our lives and the impact he's already having in relationships that we should be, you know, investing in, tying into. So I think it's a balance. It's kind of a balancing point right now for, for us in society and our busy lives, you know? And do you know... What and you mentioned Dan verse fourteen, and so the Jews, you know, were were like clinging to the law as their means of how to experience salvation, and by right. by all of the rule keeping, and 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 just wanting to follow, and and in a sense, what the emphasis obviously was 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 on themselves, and instead of looking to uh, the Messiah. Um, to be their savior, they were in a sense thinking, how can I continue to keep Mm -hmm. to this very day? How do I perform in such a way that by my life, I am going to uh, obtain some favor with God? And and I think depending on our background and experience, that can still creep into our thinking. Are are we really forgiven? Uh, And is is it based upon solely the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood when he went to Calvary's cross and rose again three days later, are we really accepted in the beloved? Does God really love me and accept me just because of the fact that he sees Jesus now in me and he sees me as his, um, I'm his child. And it, it's not based on what I do or, or don't do as a motivation to try and obtain favor. And I think that's where we have some cobwebs depending on our background yeah, as to not... Um, wanting still to perform in such a way to obtain his favor. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. our motivation for yeah. all that we do now is because of grace. Yeah, yeah. And so we are now responding to him and his love versus trying to still think we have to earn it. It's almost like you're describing kind of the modern day Pharisee, right? You know, like maybe, maybe we're not acting like 
these uh, you know scholars who are who are pouring over the the law, and then and then remember they they had separate uh, writings and documents that helped them keep the law. It was like rules for the rules, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so they were so pouring over that and looking to that for for salvation and righteousness. It was a, it was a self focused righteousness. Maybe in modern day you know, Christendom, we're not doing that, but we're, we're, we're falling more into this works based kind of performance oriented, you know, existence relationship with God. We're trying to earn something. Uh, I don't know that, that that's, I think that's really an interesting perspective. And, and I, I wonder if, cause it's interesting. Paul says their minds were hardened and there was a veil over their, their hearts. And, he says the prescription for that is turning to Christ because only in Christ is the, is the, is the veil taken away. Mm. Right. And, and Sean, you were kind of alluding to this earlier, but that's something I think that happens when we first put our faith in Christ that happens. It's almost like a prerequisite to conversion. Wouldn't you guys agree? Whatever is kind of blocking us or hardening our, our minds uh, we have to turn to Christ. It's the only way that it gets removed. But do you also think it can, it can, there can be that hardening and that veiling after we've come to Christ because we're, we're just kind of in a, I don't know. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Of course. A, yeah. a thousand percent. I think Paul talks about that a lot, you know, and when he's writing to people who he knows are Christians already, he knows that they're, they've already put their trust in Jesus. And yet he's still having to explain all these things to them because exactly what you're saying you know, yeah, we, we have to put aside some obstacles and barriers to put our trust in Jesus. But at the same time, I think almost all of us, if not almost all of us still have many, many things in our hearts that, that need to be dealt with after the fact, you know, that, that are going to be needed to surrender to the Lord down the road, which is, I think the point of this passage really, when we're going to get into beholding in a second is there's an ongoing process, you know, and, and I think, to your point, Randy, what you were just talking about, you know, with the law and upkeeping the law and kind of what you're saying with modern day Pharisee, I think the 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 word that we're really scratching around that, that we're about to talk about in verse 17 is freedom. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about freedom from having to do all those things. Yes. And you just said the prescription for, for the for the veil in the hardened heart is turning to Jesus. Yeah. And I love that and that's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. And what do we have that, that they didn't have? Well, we have the Holy Spirit to guide yeah. us in that freedom. And I love that he that Nathan brought up John sixteen, where it says that 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 the Spirit will be our helper in this process. You know, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So I just love that there's, in some ways, it feels almost ambiguous of like, oh, we have freedom now, we turn to Christ, but like, how is that going to work? Yeah. You know, well, we're told the Holy Spirit will reveal to you these things. He will guarantee to you which things are right to be following and which things are not right to be following. So I just love the freedom we have in that process is we don't have to figure every little thing out. Hmm. We don't have to have rule books for the rule books, yeah. you know, because we have yeah. the Holy Spirit to just tell us what's right and what is wrong. Yeah, Nate, Nate talks a lot about living life on the fly. He talked about this when we were in our Love and Liberty series, the, living on the fly with the guidance of the Holy Spirit and, and our conscience being informed by the word of God and living in community where that stuff can be fleshed out. We can, we can just live life <laughs> and make decisions dynamically, 
based on the, the, the wisdom of the moment and what's most loving and kind and, and most advantageous for the gospel to spread. Like we don't have to plan every little detail out. We can just live on the fly. And that is such a more free existence, right? Yeah. We don't have to find the dot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Th- so those of you who don't know, I'm talking about Dan and I and the staff. We recently, I guess this was not recently. This was like three years, years ago. ago yeah. Went through this book, Discerning the Will of God. And it talks about how a lot of us Christians, we get into this mindset of this, this idea of, you know, there's this big circle of your life and then there's a dot in the middle and that dot is God's will. That's how we think about it anyways. And so we're faced with these decisions and we often feel like, oh man, what is God's will in this situation? What is the one thing that will please God? out of these 10 options, you know, but actually in this freedom that we have, it's actually more often the case that, Oh, actually here's what God's word says about this. Here's what would be wise and loving and gospel glorifying. And if you're, if you're, if you're living in alignment with those things, then you have freedom. There might not be one choice out of the 10. That's the exact dot of God's will. But in fact, if we know that we're abiding with Jesus and we know that we're honoring God's word and we're listening to the Holy spirit, then we have freedom to, like you're saying, just live life, live life and, and trust that, that the Holy Spirit will guide us well in, the, in that process. And, you know, just that freedom we have to gaze, to gaze, hmm. to gaze uh, upon his face hmm. without a veil between, that, for me, I find, and I'm sure you do too, brothers, is, is such a motivation then for, for how to live. Uh, it freedom and being able to have this intimacy with Jesus now rather than rule keeping and living a life in some way of any type of legalism, we have this freedom to love and serve in in the power of the Holy Spirit, our, our Jesus. I read a recent story about a young boy who was thinking about the love that he just felt compelled for his father one morning and said, you know, he said to himself, when I get up for breakfast, after breakfast, I'm going to wash my dad's car and mow the lawn. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that was the thought that he had in his mind. So just as there, he's eating breakfast with his father and mom, he's ready to excuse himself. And unknown, of course, to his father, his father says, son, it's really important for me today I'm going to be at work, but I want you to mow the lawn and wash the car. Oh, yeah. And it completely changed this boy's motivation and how he initially was doing it, being compelled for love for his father, for for just all that he experienced. And now he was being told to do it. (laughs) He still did. Yeah. But it kind of took away that he wanted to do it simply out of that freedom and love for his dad but his dad was now telling them to do it. Mm. And so it changed in a sense of motivation there. That's a hard thing to deal with, right? Yeah. Because you can't escape the commands of Jesus That's right. and you can't escape his teachings and, he, and you can't escape the connection between l- loving relationship with Jesus and living like Jesus, according to his message and, and his example. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Romans 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. You know, how, how do you abide in my love? Keep my commandments. And <clears throat> man, we're, we're such a, uh, you don't tell me what to do kind of society. I think it's, Amer- it, you know, hardwired into our American DNA. That's right. And so 
But the motivation now is, is yeah. we want to. Yeah, exactly. We want to, and because we understand the law and we understand that the commandments have revealed to us that there wasn't life found in those commandments or in the law, but they mm-hmm. revealed to us our, our sin. They revealed to us our need. And they, they, in one sense, were glorious in the sense that they, they told us and have revealed to us about the holiness of God, all of the laws and the commands that we read from Scripture. But now we have the power in the new covenant to be able to know God as revealed in Jesus and not by trying to keep the law. Yeah. And it, it pointed us to, to our need. Hmm. And um, if we hadn't heard the commandments and we, we wouldn't know that we were sinners who were lost. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I think tied I mean, with just with that freedom piece, I love what you said, not in America, this is not what we think of freedom. <laughs> here it's, oh, we want the freedom to do whatever we want. That's what we call freedom. Yeah. But I think that there's an element there about trust, you know, about knowing who God is and trusting who God is that lets us more easily grasp the idea that, that true freedom is actually opening our palms and allowing him to have dominion over these things. This reminds me, last night, me and a couple of friends, we went to a restaurant for Tony Santoro's birthday. So Tony, if you're listening, shout out. Happy birthday, Happy man. Happy birthday. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it is, you know, a hipster-ish San Francisco restaurant. And they had a bunch of options, you know, and they, they said, although you could pick what you want, there's also this option. And it's kind of a prefix chef's selection type menu, you know, and we'll give you some pairings with it and whatnot. And just trust us, this is the way to go, you know? And I think that even just in that that time, looking around the table of the five of us, I think we received that differently. Mm. Some people would hear that and say, no, 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 for me, freedom would mean I'm going to pick exactly what I want off the menu, you yeah. know? But actually, you know, I think it was really freeing for me to let this Release chef, control. Jesus, take yeah. the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> chef, chef, whatever your name yeah. is, take the wheel because I trust you. I trust that you know your food better than I do. I trust that you know what is 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 good better than I do, what's a better pairing, what's a better order of things more than I do. So I'm going to relinquish control and yeah. trust that you know what you're doing. And you know what? The meal was delightful. That's and cool. You, you did know, a better job than I could have. That's such a perfect example because you couldn't have experienced that freedom if your mind was hardened. Yeah. If you... I mean, my kids are probably the pickiest eaters on the planet. They they have a very specific thing, and it's it's a big goal for Emily and I right now to try to broaden their horizons, you know? But what made you able to have that freeing experience, that culinary adventure, was you have an open mind about you, you like all kinds of foods. You know, you're like an adventurous eater, you know? Yeah. And so the 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 problem in this text with the israelites is they were not open minded they were not they were not staying ready for what god was doing so that when the messiah came they're like no 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 that's not that's not the messiah i want let me go down the menu i want i want the messiah to be like this and like that and pick these different things right yeah. because they weren't open minded about what god was doing and so i just think like that that is such a perfect example and the way we build that trust that gets us to the place where we're open-minded about what the, what, what the spirit is going to do in us is we behold. Right. And And that's what this podcast is all about. It's kind of, this passage really is our namesake passage. Mm -hmm. And I love how Nate really talked about this idea when, whenever we see the word see 
or we see something in scripture related to vision or, or, or beholding, uh, the idea there is, is we're picturing something in our mind's eye We're we're using our imagination to think about, uh, something or someone or, or some issue or some concept. And so in this passage, we're beholding the glory of God in the face of Christ. And so let's, let's kind of kick that around. Like what, what, um, what is Paul getting at? What was Nate sharing with us and how does it, how does it impact what we've been talking about up to this point? Well, I love in verse 18 that just, it says, and we all, in the old covenant, Moses alone, as we've been reading, was allowed to see the glory wow. of the Lord. But under this wonderful, wonderful new covenant, uh, I'm just blown away by the fact, again, that we all have the privilege, and a privilege is it, it is at that, of beholding the glory of the Lord. Mm. And, the, and that's just, what an honor. And again, it's it's not anything that we have done to be in that place of privilege, yeah. but it's because of, of Christ and he's, he's brought us in. Yeah. And, um, I, there was a song, a little chorus, you know, I'm always going to make reference to oh, a, a chorus <laughs> back in 1978, possibly you, you guys weren't born then. I'm not sure if you were, um, <laughs> definitely but, not. <laughs> <laughs> and it was called within the veil. And it was a song we, we learned in Ireland and it's just a little super short chorus. Within the veil, I now would come into the holy place to look upon thy face. I see such beauty there, no other can compare. I worship thee, my Lord, within the veil. Oh, that's beautiful. My only critique is that you didn't sing it. I wish you would have sung it. Uh, You know, another thing too, just, just while we're comparing Moses to, you know, our new covenant reality, I love that we all thing. So not only was it just Moses versus now all of us, but Moses also didn't even get to see all of God's glory because do you guys remember why? What did God tell Moses? If you see my whole glory, what are you going to, what's going to happen to you? You're going to spontaneously combust <laughs> yeah, and die. You won't survive it. You yes. won't survive it. So, so, but then we, we come to the New Testament authors and we're hearing things like the glory of God in the face of Christ and Colossians one, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. And Hebrews one says, Jesus is the exact imprint of God. He is the exact like copy of what God is like. And he's allowed somehow miraculously through the incarnation and through the teachings of Jesus and through the indwelling of his spirit in us, he's allowed to show us the full picture of his glory in a way that we can not only survive, (laughs) but then be, be moved to, to live more and more like Jesus. Right. I mean, that's just amazing. Right. Oh my gosh. It it really is. And, you know, just thinking about that, that word behold, the, the word that Paul uses there, it's not just a, a picture of seeing something, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, there's an imagery of like a mirror implied where you're looking at studying yourself in the mirror. You're not just seeing, but you're like studying. I know this face and you're mm-hmm. looking at the intricate wrinkles and hairs and you're really beholding this. But that's, it's really interesting because he says that same kind of thing, like beholding in first Corinthians, what is it? 13. And in that passage, he he's using the same word behold, but he's saying that, that we behold God's glory mirrored in the face of Jesus. Yeah. And so with that imagery, we can look at this and say 
I think that what Paul also might be implying is that not only do we see and know God and know Jesus, but we're reflecting him. You know, as we're beholding him, his glory is being reflected in our lives, just like it's being reflected in the person of Jesus. And that's how we're getting that, that likeness of him, you know, yeah. as we know him and study him and commune with him and that's draw so near good. to him, we can't help, but we're, we're, we're this shiny dish reflecting yeah. the sunlight to all around us. Well, I love know? it. Uh, Nate, Nate said, use the word renovates. Mm. So as we are filling our mental gaze with God's glory in Christ, the spirit of God renovates us into his likeness. We become, we become like what we behold, right? If we're, if we're beholding the talking heads on Fox news, you are what you eat. You, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to become like, it's back to what we were talking about before. Like if all you do is watch the weather channel and that's what you are, which I don't, yeah, hey, I know, hey, I know, hey, I know. Hey, hey. No, I'm just saying, but you're totally <laughs> beholding that. Well, that's what you're going to become like. Right. And I think there's a lot of things, man, we, that we are, putting our gaze on all the time and it's, and it's, and it's disproportionate, right? We're, we're, we, we, we look at Jesus like every once in a while, you know, when we come to church or when we listen to the podcast or whatever, as opposed to, you know, just living a life of gazing at, at the beauty and the glory of God in the face of Christ. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we were over optimistic about our own capabilities you know, I think we don't like to talk about this, but at the end of the day, you know, as humans, we're created to worship God. You know, we're created to behold him and be fed by him and all those things. We just have that hunger. Yeah. So really, you know, this is going to sound kind of bad, but we're, we're like filter feeders. <laughs> you know, that's what we are as humans. We are just filter feeders that are going to feed on whatever we're, we're chewing on at that time, yeah. you know? And so sometimes we, we trick ourselves or we fool ourselves into thinking, yeah, you know, I'm capable of of spending hours on this news site or this, you know, YouTuber or this podcast and not having it be, you know, where I really get fed from. I can separate that, but you're, 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 you're lying to yourself. That's not how we're designed to be. You know, if you yeah. spend all your energy and your Binge time watching whatever program, like what, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's actually incredibly hard to look at something and hear something completely objectively. You know, it's, it's a lot of hard work to do that process. And most of us are not on guard like that 24 seven. So just a reminder, man, you are what you eat. Mm. Garbage in, garbage out. Permission, and, uh, permission to quote from a commentary. Permission, permission granted. granted. Thank you. Wayne McDonald, who was one of my Bible teachers, has this oh, reference. Oh, not that guy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was, <laughs> he, he said this, and I, I thought it was so good. And Sean alluded to this idea of the mirror. He said, the next step is beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The mirror is the word of God. As we go to the Bible, we see the Lord Jesus revealed in all his splendor. We do not yet see him face to face, but only as mirrored in the word. And note that it is the glory of the Lord that we behold. Mm. And he mentions that Paul is not thinking so much of the moral beauty of Jesus as a man here on earth, but rather of his present glory exalted at the right hand of God. Mm. And what a, what a thing to be beholding. What a thing to be picturing and to be gazing on. As, yeah. and, and then it's amazing how we're, in light of doing that, we are being transformed into the same image yeah. from one degree of glory to another. Wow. In other words, it's a, it's a, I think that means it's a process as we continue yeah. just to, it's not a crisis moment. It's, it's, yeah. it's a process of just continually being transformed as, as we're occupied yeah. with this picture now of our Jesus seated at the right hand of 
of God the Father. And when we're, and I don't know about you guys, but sometimes my mind just gets so occupied and preoccupied on so much stuff that is just in the course of really the the significance of life pretty it's, you know it's pretty minimal it's it's really not all that important but sometimes we just get fixated on yeah. something and we're just occupied maybe at our jobs you know that we're having to work more than we want to there and we're spending a lot of time there or, or just whatever but we're just fixated on something something's got us anxious something's got us worried you know there's just something that our minds are so fixated on we wake uh, up thinking about it we go to bed thinking about it <clears throat> but when we're occupied on this glorified Jesus, it's the best preoccupation <laughs> yeah. to have. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we're like oblivious to what we have to do in our lives, but that keeps me from getting off path. It keeps me from uh, falling into uh, temptation and sin. Uh, when I'm just being occupied with this, and, and I'm being transformed mm. and I'm actually changing to become more and more like him. And, and, and so cool to be around brothers and sisters who you see that happening in their lives. Mm. You that see process. that transformation taking yeah. place and, and the, where the way they're behaving now and the way they're loving now and the acts of kindness they're doing now and, and all of these wonderful beauties of Jesus are being evidenced because it's coming from the inside out yeah. of how they're living their lives. Mm. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the the idea of a process. And they did a great job of saying, he gave some different examples. He talked about anxiety. He talked about, about fear, guilt, and shame. He said, you know, if you are operating with, you know, with anxiety and fear and guilt and shame as, as like, your, your mode, that that's what you, that's where you're living out of. That is not the freedom that, that Christ is giving us by his spirit. And so, um, you know, that's not God's design. It's not how he wants us to live. But, but he said, it's okay if you are still struggling with those things, because it is a process, right? This isn't all just going to happen, you know, at the drop of a hat. It, it's, it's going to take time, like to, to become like Jesus. And, and the nice thing is we don't have to worry about when that degree of glory is going to take place, when we're going to kind of level up, you know, to the next layer of, of, uh, next level of glory. Like we just keep beholding and the spirit of God does that transformation. He renovates our life on his timing and on his schedule. And so I think a lot of times we get frustrated because we, and maybe we're comparing ourselves to somebody else, you know, or maybe we are, um, we're just kind of tracking our own progress and being like, ah, I'm still not where I want to be. And it can be discouraging. But this text here reminds us that it, just be patient. It's a process. And just all you have to do is just keep be, keep beholding. That's right. And then the process will take care of itself, you know. Yeah. Well, and you just said this, Randy, you just said, oh, it's so encouraging seeing that happen in people's lives. And so there's an element there where, man, we have to acknowledge that this is part of God's plan for us on this earth until Jesus comes back is for us to be going through this process and for people to see that and yeah. in that, see the life of Jesus. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's so radical, really what, what Paul is saying, because he is saying that where our eyes ought to be is on this glorified Jesus, on this beholding him. That's where our eyes are focused. And in our culture really tells us quite the opposite. 
it, there's so much emphasis that we should be fixated on ourself. Mm. Um, and, and it's not that there's not some benefit in some way of, of, for, of, of analyzing and Being evaluating. Self-aware. Yes. Yeah. But there's this preoccupation with self and then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then there's also this preoccupation sometimes that we have on others and we're, we're our eyeballs, Comparing. our eyeballs are on others and, yeah. and, our, and on ourselves. And we're trying to change. And Paul is saying the way transformation takes place is by beholding him. Man, the self-help uh, industry is coming after you for what you just said, man. <laughs> right? But that, but isn't that so big right now? Right? Huge, it's like, huge. hey, you want to make a change? Self-actualization is the key. Here's this book. Here's this uh, therapy process you can go through to where you can realize your full potential. It's it's inside of you, Randy. You know what I mean? Like it's all everything you need is in yourself. And that's such a great point that you made. Is is that's not that's not God's way. That's not the spirit's way of renovating us. The the spirit is wanting us to look at the glory of God in the face of Christ. And somehow, and I'll be real Sean, I know has a, I know he's got an awesome point just to make here. He's chomping at the bit. This is, I'll be honest, this is a mystery to me. I mean, I don't understand this. I I don't really understand at all in many ways how this transformation uh, over time is happening that in many ways, it's a miracle that we're, we're becoming like Jesus totally. as we are focused on Christ and he is dwelling in us by his spirit. It's too deep for this double A, double this a graduate from Chabot <laughs> College, got my AA in general ed. So Sean, maybe you can A beautiful us. mystery as Paul It's a say. beautiful mystery. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, on that topic of, you know, self-realization, I think we've got to be careful because there's elements of that, that from culture we're bringing into the church and it's not a good thing totally you know like a spiritual wokeness of oh no i've realized what it really means to whatever it is x y or z and we find ourselves before we know it we we try to even though it's out of a place i think of love or desire for our people to experience what we or think that we're experiencing or whatever we can really easily find ourselves trying to take the place of the holy spirit in people's lives you know, we try to say, hey, you're missing this in your spiritual life. And yeah, there, that may be true. But I think a lot of times we're not trusting the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to that person. We're not, instead of telling them, hey, you need to behold Jesus and, and the Spirit will reveal to you, you know, his person, his likeness. And, his, and instead we say, no, you need to do this or this or this. And it should be got to be careful, you know, to, to instead to be encouraging. Like you guys said, keep it simple. Encouraging our brothers and sisters, behold Jesus, you know, and trust yourself to the Holy Spirit. And then we can really trust as that person's loving brother or sister, that to the Lord. Because like you said, it is a mystery. We can't pretend to know how to make someone change into like Jesus, you know, however, but we can trust that God will. So I think it's just an interesting thing for us to be aware of as we try to do wonderful things, you know, build the church, grow our worship culture, you know, get more people to come to our events, all those things. Uh, yeah, just a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. Permission to cite a chorus again. Oh boy. You gotta sing it though. <laughs> no, I was almost <laughs> ready. Almost I was almost ready. If I just no, needed, if I had a little bit you. more courage, if I had that, if I was being very bold, like Ooh, Paul okay. talked about earlier, I would have. But turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light, the light of, of his glory and grace. Yes, come on, come on. But, then, <laughs> but simple course, simple truth, but profoundly true. That's good. And exactly what Paul or the writer tells us in Hebrews to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's it's interesting great. how the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really in good. the light of his glory and grace. That's cool. Well well Nate ended his his message on Sunday just with some practical steps for beholding the Lord. And maybe that's where we should end our podcast today too. Just talking about how we how we, how do how does this work out for each of us in our own lives as we as we go through this process of renovation to become more like Jesus. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I, I for me, I'm I'm a consumer of information. That's just my mode. You know, I'm always I got YouTube up or a podcast up or an audiobook or whatever. So I just try to be really intentional about balancing the the time ratio of that with things that are of God versus things that are not of God. Actually, Randy, you and I were just talking about this the other day about how pretty much every single week I have maybe it's in the background a lot of times, but I will watch you know Sunday services from multiple churches every single week. And it's not because I don't love what we're doing, but just, hey, I wanted it uh, in, the, in the spectrum of my week and my 40 hours I'm at work or whatever it is, recognize I'm a filter feeder. I just want to be feeding on God's truth, you know, versus not. So that's one way for me is just uh, songs, podcasts, mm-hmm. YouTube videos, all the things, just trying to fill my time just from a straight time perspective with things that are from the church and from God. It's good. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I don't know if anybody from the teaching team is listening right now, but I was just thinking about how much we study and preach from Paul's writings and understandably so, but I was just thinking, you know, personally convicted. When was the last time I read some of those red letters in the Bible? Right. And if those of you don't know, it was common. I don't know if it still is, but when, when printers would make the Bible, they would put Jesus's actual teachings as recorded by the gospel writers in red, in red letters. Is your, you're holding a Bible right now. Does yours do that? Yours doesn't do it. No. You, 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 sometimes you got to go look for the red letter edition, but, but I, I've just been thinking like, and obviously what Paul teaches is he, he, it was handed down from Jesus. Right. Um, and I have full confidence in that. But like, for me, I'm just like, I've been really convicted lately to like spend more time in the gospels and just like, what did Jesus actually teach? What did he do? How did he love people? Um, what kind of boldness did he have? What was his spiritual kind of practice and, um, the condition of his heart? You know, how did he view the world and people and, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I know for me, like that's something I'm, I'm really focusing on right now is just like beholding the teachings of Jesus. And, um, <clears throat> on Sunday morning, obviously we heard a little snippet from, from Jesus in John 16, but I'm like, let's do more, right? Let's get in. Like, let's just, let's go straight to the source almost. You know what I mean? I do, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys are, had me nervous for a second. <laughs> it was a little, no, eyes are wide open. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking of what I believe Nate quoted from Romans 12 yeah. on Sunday and where Paul said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and, and perfect. And that's been a, a prayer that I have been focused and intentional on praying um, over the last several weeks is just for God to transform, transform my mind, um, mm. transform my, my thinking. Is it of the Lord, how I'm thinking about a certain thing, or is this, is it something that's coming from within me and it's not from him? And just that he would, as I've been thinking and as to what really helps me is just, you cannot get away and I cannot get away from just the importance of spending time with him in the word, gazing on his, his glory. And that is for me, the recipe for how to please him in the sense of living in, in walking in holiness. Hmm. When, when I am thinking of him, when I'm asking for my mind to be transformed and to be pleasing him in how I live, um, temptation, it's always present, but it tends sometimes just to fade away the closer I'm spending that time with him in that quiet place. That's good. And, and it's really not hard. It's just a matter of making right choices to be disciplined to do it. Mm-hmm. It just is a matter of, of just having, again, those eyeballs on Jesus and asking for my heart to be um, convicted of something that I might be thinking or, or might have said or done that hmm. isn't from him. And just to keep these kind of short accounts yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was one of the things that Nate put in there, like recognize your need for daily renovation. And I even circled that word daily and I said, it's really moment by moment <laughs> renovation. It's, and it's just this, this living from this place of, of me, of neediness. I don't know if you guys remember, what's that movie? Uh, I'm blanking now where it's like, please, sir, may I have some more? Is that Oliver Twist? Did you guys ever, did you guys ever see that old time movie? Uh, but basically he's living in an orphanage and you know, they get these like piddly yeah. little, uh, you Oliver. know, yeah. All, is it just Oliver? Not I think Oliver it's Twist, Oliver. Just Oliver. Yeah. yeah. So they get this piddly little serving of like, you know, mush or whatever it yes. is. And he, he has the boldness to go up and say, please, sir, may I have That's some right. more? And then he gets, you know, he gets scolded and stuff, but God's not like that. Right. God, God, when we come to God with neediness and humility, asking for more, whatever it is, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more spirit led. I want to, I want to have more of your kingdom come in my life. You know, I want to be more, uh, full of your grace and truth, whatever it is. He's like, yes, I want to, I want to pour out my wisdom, pour out my spirit. I want to give you everything that you need for life and godliness. And I just think it's a daily moment by moment type of thing. And I know a lot of us are hearing this right now and saying, I, I, I'm so busy. I, I've got, I've got so many demands on my time. I've got a to-do list longer than <laughs> anything you could ever imagine. And I just want to ask you guys a question. Like whenever you have taken time to do what you were saying, Randy, just to, to, to get alone, to, to, to go meet with God to, so you can behold Jesus. Have you ever, re, you know, regretted putting off the to-do list? Have you ever, you know, wished you would have done that task for work first, right? Um, or, or does God always kind of just make it work on the back end? 
What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think. I think for me, like a, a or maybe a different comparison is mm. for me with sleep right now. Mm. I'm just I'm waking up really early to work every morning, and so for me, that's like my morning time of like reading anything. That's why I feel like I'm sacrificing sleep for this. Yes, you know? yes. But there is an attitude always of just Lord, I know that you will sustain me if I do this. Yeah, and I know yeah. that because you desire this for me. So no, the no regrets. I will say. If you're finding yourself having to make that ultimatum frequently, then you're not being a wise steward of your time and allowing that time with God. Yeah. If you're having to choose all the time, oh, should I should I do this to do list or should I pray? Then maybe you should be more intentional. <laughs> have more margin time. in your life. You yeah, mean, more discipline yeah. with the Lord ahead of time, rather so you don't have to make that sacrifice all the time. Yeah, but yeah. no, no, I never regret it. Yeah, yeah. No, I never regret it either. And you know, when you think about your your relationships with those you love, those who are in your circle, your might be your spouse, your children, coworkers, family members, neighbors, you know, whomever. Uh, when we're making that uh, effort to spend that time beholding with God, everything for the most part, as much as it, it's possible with us, as Paul says, hmm. to be at peace with all men, it, it's going to be better. Everything is better when we're becoming more and more like Christ and being transformed. And so the the benefits, if you like, of of making this a priority in our lives to be with Jesus, our spouses benefit, our our children benefit, our grandchildren benefit, our coworkers, everyone benefits in the sense that we're possibly becoming a little bit more like Jesus and we're re- we're revealing him as I said a few minutes ago, from the inside out, whereas Moses reflected the glory, we're revealing it mm-hmm. because we have Jesus in us. And so it was funny, yesterday I was preparing for a talk in, at Rossmore, which is at a retirement community in Walnut Creek on Second Samuel. And it was just a wonderful time of study on some subjects in Second Samuel that I uh, largely had forgotten some of it and didn't know the story as well as I, I thought. And it was about six hours of just being in the word, reading, answering several questions in the study guide. And then I realized after, in about the 30 minutes when I was just about finished, I'm studying the wrong chapter. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm preparing for something this Thursday that's not for, until May. Wow. Was it a waste? No. Did it mean last night at work overnight, I started to uh, have to focus seriously hard on preparing for the, for tomorrow? Yes. But the benefit of just, again, being in the word, that, that cleansing word of God, and that powerful word of God, and just pointing out spiritual truths. Um, yeah. One of the things, one of the men that I know who's retired a few years ago, what I notice about him when I get together with him for coffee, which was yesterday, uh, he, every morning he just makes has this wonderful time where he just spends with God. And mm-hmm. I said, I can't wait. Not that I'm making an excuse because that I have to wait till I retire, but I just can't wait. That I hope, I hope that, and my prayers is that as there is some more free time, if you like, yeah. that I'll use it in that way, like he is spending so time good. with God. Mm. And, and I'm watching a, this dear brother going through serious trials hmm. right now, but I'm watching a man behave in such a way that all I can say is, is, is so Christ-like. 
in how he's coping and enduring. And if it wasn't for that time with him, I believe that he spends and makes a priority every morning, not in a legalistic way, yeah. but just out of a way of the motivation that he just wants to know God better, seeing the benefits of that and how he behaves, how is, what yeah. his attitude is like. Well, and how often would, would, uh, how often do, do the gospel, uh, historians, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, did they note in their gospels, Jesus retreated to a, to a desolate place. What was he doing? He was going to meet with the father, you know, to, to get what he needed, you know? So even Jesus, God in the flesh, fully God had a, a need to go and be alone with his father. And so why should we think that we wouldn't, <laughs> you know? Mic drop. <laughs> get get your time in with Jesus, everybody. Yeah, so maybe just, um, you know, with that perspective as we're, as we're ending here, I would ask the question for you, listener, uh, you know, what's filling your cup? these days? What are you spending your time and your energy on? And for some of you, you're probably killing it and you're, man, in constant communion with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and you're spending time with Jesus and we're delighted to see the life of God and Jesus in your life. Um, Others, you know, it's probably as Dan was talking about earlier, maybe you are spending too much time on Fox News or CNN or whatever. (laughs) Maybe you're too invested in your favorite sports team. You know, maybe you're spending too much time trying to learn that new skill or, or whatever it is. You know, it, you, you guys can fill in the, the blanks. The point is, I think all of us, and thankfully we don't even need to guess because the Holy Spirit will tell us. I think all of us, if we sit right now as you end this podcast and spend a minute in prayer and ask for the Lord to reveal to your heart, Am I doing this process well or not? And am I beholding Jesus well or not? The Holy Spirit, I'm convinced, will give you a quick answer and tell you and convict you if you need to, to change that. And in doing so, man, again, remember, this is a thing of freedom. This is a thing of grace. This yeah. is a thing of beauty to be able to go through this process with our Savior. So we hope that that encourages you. And we hope that this podcast is just one of many, many resources and ways you're allowing yourself to fill your horizon with beholding Jesus-y things versus uh, friendship with the world type things like you were saying, Randy. So, Randy, thanks for being with us as always. Thank you, brothers. Even just saying that, your voice is so sultry. It's so great to have an elder in the house too. So thank you for coming and hanging with us and spending your time. And Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys this Sunday. We got uh, three services, 10 o'clock at the Crossing at the Altamont and at the Good Guys Car Show. And then what? And then a glorious potluck. You, we're doing one at the at the Altamont and the Crossing, right? Yep. So come worship with us at 10 a.m. And then come hang out and grab a bite to eat. Don't forget to bring something, too. That's helpful. Mm. <laughs> bring something to share. And we'll just have a great time. So we'll see you guys there. Have a great time. And I'll even tie the bow. Have a great time over a meal. And, man, share in the process of beholding the Lord together. Amen. As we do that at our potluck. Good stuff. All right, y'all. Love you. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.